Welcome, everybody, to the first Sunday morning Joe and Joe Weather Show of 2021, which is brought to you by OmniTrue Value Hardware, Long Island's largest rock salt provider and provider of everything you need to get you through winter storms, which today some people are getting some snow and some people aren't. But uh, if you are, uh, a new scraper might come in handy. Uh, and boys, uh, this is your opportunity to get the uh, woman in your life a new sh- shovel so she can snow out, she can shovel out the driveway. <laughs> Petalo, ice, uh, uh, calcium chloride pellets and flakes considered by many to be the best on the market when it comes to ice melting p- products. And they also have GeoMelt, BioMelt, and everything else you need. Snow blowers, even generators in case we ever get to the point where a winter storm knocks out power. Uh, one, uh, the, uh, they're at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, just north of the Southern State Parkway, 631-756-1125. The website is omnitruevalue.com. So for those of you who <clears throat> missed on the idea that I just uh, said something subtle and about, <laughs> and about as subtle as a garlic sandwich, um, <clears throat> well, no, we'll, we'll just leave it. We'll leave it there. So, Mr. Rayo, before we get on to the weather, I want to add, there's a couple of questions, some very important questions I want to ask you, okay? Are you are you ready? Yes, sir. So, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, the um, the mail has been running on the slow side. Uh, yes. It's taken, uh, it's literally, it's, I, I had stuff that was mailed out, took, took almost a month to get from New Jersey to here on Long Island, Okay. So I was wondering, did you get your uh, check from the uh, the the, the uh, supermarket slash grocery um, lobbyists uh, who um, you know who pay us to make sure we hype every single snow event? Did your check come in the mail yet? No, I have not okay. gotten that. So um, has uh, has your check from the um, uh, the construction people who want us to you know? play up snow events so they rip up the roads with the with all the salt that they throw down and and then they have to hire the construction companies to repair it did you get your check no i did not get my check from that either okay so um just i'm just checking so obviously you also haven't gotten the various other checks from you know the um the geoengineering folks because we're all part of the weather control conspiracy and all the rest of it. That's the last one I'm going to ask you about. I'll let your other checks say, stay secret. <laughs> okay. Very good. So, I, I, so I you didn't get the weather control, folks. But I have not gotten my check, and you would uh, understand this. I, I have not yet gotten my check from Mount Kisco. <laughs> oh, well, then, naturally. Okay, yes, I, I, I got you. Yeah, all, they, of my other, all of my other checks came in, but Mount Kisco... <laughs> They're still waiting on Mount Kisco. Well, and, and why am I not? And why am I not surprised? <laughs> well, you know, everybody's on a different billing cycle. Some some bill a month later. It, it's um, bizarre. All right, so we've got uh, we've got snow going on this morning in some areas, rain in others. Uh, this uh, minor system, which is all it was really advertised to be, uh, is playing out pretty much according to plan. I think. Uh, and uh, seeing folks on the chat board reporting their various weather observations, that, and that's always a good thing. Uh, by the way, uh, like, uh, hit the like button if you like the like stream, because Joe and I just adore it when you go, we go over 100 likes. 
uh, it makes our day. So uh, we're at uh, just shy of 30. I know it's Sunday and everybody's kind of on a slow pace here, but uh, bang that like button and and make us happy. And uh, well, and also for new members, if you want to participate in the chat, all you got to do is uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel with your Gmail account, and then you can participate in the always lively conversation that goes on that Joe Rayo will be monitoring for any and all questions. So, um, as I said, Joe, everything seems to be playing out according to plan. Uh, we're getting this first burst that's going through. Um, this might be what we were seeing, by the way, with that. The We were talking about on, on uh, Friday, the... Um, the uh, frontal genesis maps on the on the models, the F-Gen, showing all this Omega coming up uh, overhead. Maybe it got the timing wrong a little bit, but uh, it, it seems like that's what we're getting here, this sort of warm advection push of snow. And then <clears throat> later on this afternoon and tonight, there'll be a second area that'll come with the, the coastal low and the upper low. I'm, I'm just not really impressed by this at all. Right. Well, what's happening right now, Joe, is we have uh, outside the home base here, a moderate to even heavy snow, and, and the snow that's falling looks like the flakes are on the order of uh, uh, nickel to even uh, quarter size. Very large, wet, slushy flakes. They are sticking, I might add, to the paved surfaces, but that's only because we're coming off of a night last night where temperatures were below freezing. In fact, as of about an hour ago, my roof was completely frosted over. Skies stayed clear much longer. Then I uh, figured out, I thought we'd get cloud cover in here after midnight. I woke up and looked out the window at 4 a.m., still lots of stars visible. So uh, well, it, that, it, that's it really, probably what helped you, certainly, uh, at yeah. least to keep you give you that extra degree or two uh, that that um, that you probably needed that extra degree or two a little bit less than I did. But you, it, it certainly played out for you. So 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 that worked out. But it looks like it's going to end pretty soon. And looking at the radar. And yes, I finally figured out a way to adjust this stupid thing so that I can actually see what's happening. But it looks like in terms of uh, the radar loop, uh, whatever's falling out there right now may actually be over, said and done by the time you and I are done with the with the show in about an hour. Or yeah, so. let's bring up I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up now on the screen so uh, we can take a look at that. Uh, yeah, this is really the warm advection that's that's come up uh, first and foremost. And I don't know, Joe, you, you take a look at the radar shot that I have when it comes on the screen and just let me know if yours is is um, better. You know, you could see it better visually than than what I was able to figure out. But, yeah, this first area is just moving right along. It's this warm advection arm that's that's moving northeastward. Funny thing about it, Joe, is that the NAM model this morning when I looked at the new one, it didn't even show this. OK, I mean, yeah. it, it, oddly enough, it was showing it yesterday and last night before I went to bed when I saw the 0Z run, but it didn't even show it here on, on the 12Z run, so uh, the HRRR seems to be handling it better. Now, uh, out to the west, you'll notice that it's, there's going to be a break here, uh, and this is why I think, this is, this is why this system here is not going to be a big deal, because you have this warm advection that's going on so well ahead of where the upper support is, the upper support that's driving all this is what you see in Western Pennsylvania. That's the upper low. And the two are just kind of disjointed. So you've, you, you're, you're basically having to grind out whatever you can grind out with the first shot. Then you, you grind out whatever you can grind out with the second shot. And then you spend hours in between just twiddling your thumbs. 
Yes. And in fact, I will say that the, the, the latest, the 12Z NAM at 700, the FGen at 700, beautifully. All right. Let me bring it up. Let me bring it up. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. I can bring it up for you. So you're, going to, you're using the, uh, the 12Z NAM. Uh, and we're looking at and uh, the 12 kilometer, and we're looking at beautiful FGen maps uh, that are something that should be hung in a museum. Uh, I got it. So I'll, I'll bring it, it. It confirms it confirms what's happening right now. Yeah, I, mean, I got. I have the 15Z, which is from 10 a.m. this morning. So you'll see it in a moment. There, it's coming up on the screen now. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. Well, it confirm. It absolutely confirms what's happening right now. I mean, that area uh, of Omega on the 700 FGen. If you line it up with the radar, there it is. That's it. It shows this narrow line uh, moving across the tri-state area between 15 and 16Z to the north and east of our area by noontime, and then into Connecticut by 18 and 19Z, and out of our area. And then we're kind of in a nothing pattern until uh, the next round or the next bit of uh, energy. And this is hardly compared to what's happening right now, Joe. The the FGen for later today and this evening is hardly anything compared to what we're seeing now. So it seems to suggest that whatever whatever we get in terms of snow for all of you snow lovers, this is it. Yeah. And, and you look at look at where the, the the minus three isotherm here, that's kind of where the upper low is. Uh, but you see what I'm saying? It's like it, it's sort of disjointed. The the uh, the warm advantages run out well ahead of what the upper support is, and you're right. When you start to swing in for tonight into to, uh, into tonight, as the upper low starts to move east, it really I mean, it's like a big yawn. How much are you going to be able to grind out of all of this? I know upper lows sometimes can be really tricky and they can surprise you, but I'm just not I'm not seeing anything here that says to me, you know, it says Joe, be careful for tonight because you got this upper low coming by and it could it could surprise. I, I'm 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 just not seeing it. And when you look at the NAM, by the way, um, you, you'll again not even picking up on this first batch. It's 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 you can, it doesn't even see it, but it does blossom out this second area that is mostly rain at the coast, and actually it's even rained up by you. You're like right on the edge of it, uh, and then of course the snow just the snow shield just goes northeast PA up into the Hudson Valley, the middle and upper Hudson Valley, and then gradually just dries up and falls apart uh, uh, during the night. Right. So, I, I mean, how right. much can we really get out of this I, I, in total? I, I just don't see this becoming anything. I, I, listen, I'm the first one that looks for an upside surprise, okay? Uh, and I, I just don't see it. And Bill Rogers on the chat board, F-Gen, F-gen means frontal, frontal genesis or uh, the, developing, the development of a, of a front of some kind. Right. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to address that. It was my turn to, 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 to talk. <laughs> oh, and yeah. No, no. And by the way, speaking of the thing with the Omega, Joe, um, Johnny Quest had asked this on Friday, but I didn't get I, I didn't see the question until after we went off the air. So he, he said, if you would just kind of explain the, the what, what the F gen, what we're talking about when you're talking about F gen. Well, the, you know, for a while, the only place I thought you could get um, the uh, the Omega or energy contours was on the NCEP maps, <clears throat> which uh, which showed it on the 700 uh, relative humidity uh, zone. And I said, gee, it would be great if uh, if we could somehow manage to get that on tropical tidbits. And I don't know whether or not it, it happened then or it was already there, and I just never saw it. 
But the uh, as you pointed out, the FGM showing you know where a phonogenesis is, is occurring, but also all of those um, purplish contours. That's that's a sign of atmospheric energy or omega. And when you see those uh, those uh, lines really jammed together, or when there's a, a very tight gradient, that indicates that there's going to be some uh, some activity going on out there. And that's exactly what's happening right now. We see a band of omega on the 700. And I usually look at the 700 as opposed to the 850 only because right. that's that's the that's the the uh, the level that I was used to looking at uh, on the uh, NCEP models. I mean, you can look at 850, but it's it's somewhat different. 850, of course, is good for the thermal field. Uh, you get to see where the zero line is. But in any case, it, it lines up perfectly right now at, at 700, where the energy is, this narrow band that's passing through the tri-state area, perfectly corresponding to what is happening on the radar. And if, and if you move things along, if you uh, extrapolate over the next few hours, this is going to move right straight on through, out, and we're going to have kind of a blah afternoon with not much happening. Uh, and when the next round of uh, moisture comes in here later this evening, it doesn't look anywhere near as robust as what we're seeing right now. So I agree with you, Joe. Whatever we see in terms of measurable precipitation is happening right now, and there'll be a little bit, you know, later today in this evening. But uh, it doesn't look like anything, you know, massive that's going to happen. Right. Any, any, as you point out, any upside surprise, so to speak. So, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Bill Rogers just follows up with this question. So, they, I mean, you, you talk when you're referencing the Omega, okay, which is that, you know, I got the 850 map up there. So, the Omega is that area up the all that dark purple that you see offshore. Okay. Uh, I guess he's asking why it's called Omega. Well, <laughs> that's a good question. That's all. It's always been called Omega. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not under, I, I don't know why they decided. To, the only thing I could think of is that that um, the structure of sometimes with the circles and lines looks like the Greek letter Omega. <laughs> yeah, that's really. There's no other reason why you would call it that. I mean, back in the back in the day when we used the uh, the old LFM or the old NGM. Yes. We used to used to look for the uh, the greatest vertical velocity, and the the omega seems to be the new version of vertical velocity. Whenever you see on let's say the Nam Foos, the numbers are indicating a lot of vertical motion, a lot of lifting taking place. Take a look at the F Gen, especially at 700, and see where the lines, where the contours are. Usually they line up with where the greatest lift is or where the ver greatest vertical motion happens to be. In which case, it, that's where you would look for. Uh, in the winter time, significant precipitation, especially in the summertime. Uh, whenever I see a lot of F, a lot of F gen or a lot of omega, uh, you look for convection. And in fact, in the winter time, Joe, when we uh, we, we we used to talk about this when we were at um, FiOS one, uh, I'd point out that whenever we saw a lot of omega during a winter storm, a nor'easter, that you throw in a thunderstorm. Uh, right, and well, more often than not, uh, more often than not, that worked. Yeah, yeah. So this this is definitely not one of those um, types of events. By the way, Scott Brill, uh, the chairman, hitting super chat uh, today. Thank you very much, Scott. And he also uh, has a uh, a question, a, a poll for everybody on the chat board, which is, uh, will the snowfall in New York City Central Park be higher than the number of 2021 Atlantic tropical storms? So that okay, would be so kind of an interesting question. So, so we had 29 tropical uh, systems, tropical cyclones. Right. 
And so he was asking, will it be greater than 29 inches? Is right. That... Higher or lower? I think it will be. I, I have no question. I've been saying this since the beginning of the winter, only from a statistical standpoint. As, I, as I've been saying all along at Central Park, um, we've, we've had nine cases where we've had an excess of 7.7 .7 inches of snow in the month of December. This December, we had 10.5. All nine cases, we ended up with 40 inches or more snow. And uh, I would not be at all surprised if, especially in the middle and latter part of this winter season, kind of a backloaded winter in terms of snowfall, that we see that. Um, and as I mentioned on Friday, we've had uh, only three cases going all the way back to 1869, where in December, we've had between 10 and 11 inches of snow, specifically fall, and we were right in the middle there uh, this December. And in those three cases, Joe, we had snowfalls uh, of anywhere from 38 to 50 inches. So I, I think we're in for a big year. And the other interesting case about this is we had a record warm November. Uh, we, had, we were 5.2 degrees above normal, an all-time warm uh, November. And I did a survey and found that there were nine previous Novembers where we averaged four degrees or higher above normal at Central Park. Now, seven of those nine, we ended up with below normal winters. All right. So you say to yourself, well, Rayo, there, there you go. It's, that's a signal that we're not going to see um, a greater than normal amount of snowfall this year because of the warm November. Aha. But in two of the nine cases where we did go above normal, those two were uh, functions of two gigantic snowstorms, which more or less in one dump took care of the entire winter season. One of those two was the winter of 2015, 2016, where we had 27 and a half inches, uh, the all time one storm record. So what I'm saying is, Joe, is that not only do I think we're gonna have a backloaded winter in terms of snowfall, and even though we've had 10 inches, more than 10 inches in one sitting, I think that we could conceivably have an even larger snowfall at Central Park looming in our future, uh, again, sometime during this winter season. You know, one of those blockbuster, maybe 12 to 18 or 15 to 20 snows, it would not surprise me a bit if we had one of those uh, sometime, you know, later on in the winter. Maybe not so much for January, but February and in March. March is a crazy month. Could, could I could very well see something like that. So, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you. I, I look. I think I think it may come a little. Uh, you know, I think I think opportunities are going to be there. Uh, the overnight models and even from yesterday and 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 the day before, um, showing uh, the pattern realigning to a degree, but particularly of importance is what's going on in the Pacific, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I'm on the same page as you are. Mike Whitley is. Uh, I believe it's Whitley. I, I'm. Yes, my glasses are. I'm close enough now where I can see it. Mike Whitley hitting Super Chat for the first time, and I think also new to the uh, pages. I don't recognize your name, but uh, welcome aboard if this is your first time. Appreciate it. And uh, I just do I do want to address, uh, you know, I just hope, Joe, that uh, in all of this, that we wind up getting a little bit of snow for Alabama because Jess Harden asks every day about whether we're going to see snow in Alabama. I am doing my best, Jess. Uh, but uh, look, the pattern is um, at least not unfavorable for southern tracks with storm systems going forward. And we're going to talk about that when we start to look at those maps in just a little bit. So be patient. And we'll also address the polar vortex split. I, I, uh, 
I promise you. And uh, Noah, uh, Noah Harley uh, talking about the three-year snow drought down in central Maryland where he is. Uh, well, uh, at least from the standpoint also, again, uh, the, um, uh, the strengthening North Atlantic oscillation going strong, you know, strongly negative uh, does favor southern tracks. So maybe, just maybe, one of these will put an end to the snow drought that's been uh, going on in the mid-Atlantic states. I got the satellite up, Joe, and again, that... You know, this this sort of disjointed nature between the upper low, which is still way to the west, and then this coastal low that's coming up with this warm advection shooting up to the north and east. So if, if the two systems, if, if the upper low were further east, this would probably be a much more dynamic event uh, where you would wind up getting a deepening low along the Carolina coast and then running up. You know, taking a, probably a fairly positive track for a, 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 a heavier snow event for the northern mid-Atlantic to southern New England and points beyond. But um, because the upper air system is not really involved here, it's staying pretty much separate, this surface low just can't really do very much. You know, this particular system that's affecting us right now is going to grow into a real monster in the next 24 to 40 Eventually, hours. yes. And, and as, as you point out, Joe, if this thing were just a little bit more to the West, this, this thing would certainly, well, you know, folks who live in, in, uh, on Cape Cod and Nantucket need to be watchful of, the, of this system because this is one of those systems that may follow the, uh, the old Rosenblum's rule where it moves on out, it gets in, in, especially intense, and then it kind of curves back to the left and maybe not enough so that it will affect the, the mainland of, uh, of New England, but the, the places that stick or jut just far enough out to the east uh, may, may end up getting a, a steady period of uh, snowfall, if not, you know, in the immediate future, you know, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's, uh, and when we will feel that, I think, here, uh, not immediately, not tonight or tomorrow, but come later Tuesday and Wednesday, as that thing really revs up out near the Maritimes, uh, we're gonna we're gonna feel those gusty winds. It's gonna be, uh, become quite brisk, if not downright blustery, here on the backlash of that uh, intensifying system. You know, in the next uh, few days. Uh, Bill Huber on the uh, chat board, my buddy from several blocks away from me. Uh, yeah, I I bringing the Canadian satellite loop. I had to take it down the other day because of the fact that there were some problems with it uh, with missing frames, so it really wasn't very useful. But uh, we've got it up here today. By the way, take a look at it, Joe, because uh, it, it's a, it's kind of messy. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a storm, an obvious storm, well southeast of Newfoundland. You see the rotation there, and this is, by the way, a good illustration of what we mean by you know needing uh, traffic in the Atlantic to get these storms to climb up the east coast. So uh, that low that is sitting southeast of Newfoundland, essentially is blocking this weather system. A couple of people asked me, uh, why is it that this didn't slide out straight to the east and go out to sea like some of the other models were, some models were indicating days ago. And, and the thing is, uh, were it not for this storm southeast of Newfoundland where it is, uh, it probably would have. But uh, And that's where some of the models were wrong. Uh, this storm out there now from just a few days ago uh, this is, I believe, the Friday-Saturday system is now winding up uh, in that position. So it has, it has walled off the exit route to the east. 
So the storm has to go to the, the to the path of least resistance, and that is up to the north. And you got that upper low to the west of that pushing. And also, by the way, Joe, look at all this more. Uh, WPC was, uh, I'm sorry, the climate prediction folks were, were going for a pretty quiet pattern going forward, as I remember when we left it last week. Uh, I'm thinking that that may not necessarily be the case. We, we're going to have a quiet uh, first part of this week, but there's a lot of energy coming into the West, and I think this is going to play out uh, later on, uh, the, late this week and maybe next weekend. Yeah, well, the, the general rule of thumb is that anything that hits the West Coast takes about three and a half days to get to our neck of the woods. And so if you have something that's hitting, let's say, the West Coast on Wednesday, uh, you move that forward three and a half uh, so days, and that would take us into next weekend. Where they that that energy and where all of that uh, moisture eventually ends up, be it mid-Atlantic or in the Northeast or out to sea or whatever, that's yet to be uh, ironed out. But uh, anytime you see something uh, that significant hitting the West Coast, you always have to keep it in the back of your mind that it's eventually going to translate into where we are. Bill Rogers on the chat board is asking about what is Rosenblum's rule in meteorology? Sorry to ask so many questions, but I'm trying to learn about weather. Bill, when, when Joe and I were just young nippers, young rookies, uh, going back now more years than I care to remember, and before the Weather Prediction Center became the Weather Prediction Center, it was known as the Hydrometeorological uh, Center in Suitland, Maryland. Uh, they had forecasters down there who used to write out discussions. One of them was a gentleman by the name of Rosenblum, and he used to point out the fact that when storm systems moving off the mid-Atlantic coastline intensify very rapidly, that they tend to curve over to the north and then into the northwest. They curve into the cold air mass. We saw this happen during the great blizzard of 1978, especially so because there, the upper level system and the surface system became what we call vertically stacked. And the storm actually did kind of a loop-de-loop -loop and curving around to the left. And so whenever you see a storm that is very robust and when uh, the, the potential is for uh, rapid intensification over a short interval of time, you look for that slight turn to the north and northwest as is, would be the case, I think, with the system that we're looking at right now. And even though Rosenblum has long since retired and he may even have left this world, because again, we're talking many, many years, decades ago, uh, it is still referred to by some of the old timers and yes. some of the Folks who were young way back when, who remember Rosenblum, uh, we still refer to it lovingly as Rosenblum's rule. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I uh, brought up on the screen, if you want to see an example of that, take a look at the low that is off the North Carolina coast. That is the system we're dealing with today. By the way, this map does not show snow. It only shows uh, rain, uh, liquid precip. So if you watch, watch the low, as it moves off the, you know, moves eastward, and it is strengthening because the pressure is dropping. In terms of Rosenblum's rule, you're going to see, see right there, it goes, it, it kind of hooks back to the left. One, two, three, right there. It, there's your, that, that would be an example of Rosenblum's rule uh, in play. The strengthening low, and in that, in that process, the pressure drops uh, about uh, 10 or so millibars. It does that little tight, uh, pull back to the northwest before it swings up to the east. And in fact, if you watch carefully as we go forward here, and this is the new GFS run, by the way, um, 
So now we're into the middle part of the next of this coming week. That low actually winds up dropping southward and southeastward, and another low forms out to the east on the point of occlusion where the warm front and cold front meet, and that low uh, arcs back northwestward. It rotates back up northwestward toward Nova Scotia and Newfoundland. Um, Joe, I'm looking at this on the GFS. Of course, it takes us, you know, already could see the what it does with the next low. But interestingly enough, we have a we have a very interesting looking surface here uh, for late this week with that big 1045 or 1046 high up in northern Labrador trying to build down the east coast. And, you know, this low that's going out now eventually goes up east of Newfoundland and not quite the 50-50 position, but enough there so that uh, the next low goes out to our south and then turns up um, up the coast. I'm going to be curious to see if it generates any snow out of it, uh, but we'll see. Looks like it keeps it just barely offshore. One of the things I would point out for those of you who kind of have been asking questions about the long range, uh, please bear in mind that, you know, it's all fine and dandy. To, when we talk about this North Atlantic oscillation, the higher the normal pressures in the North Atlantic and that the index is negative, which means those pressures are indeed high. That is usually a favorable uh, teleconnection for snow and cold in the eastern part of the United States. But there are other factors that you have to look at. And also bear in mind that uh, you can have too much of a good thing. If the NAO is too strong, which it may very well wind up being, you could take that will keep systems well to the south of the northern mid-Atlantic states to New England, and it becomes a party for uh, the middle and south Atlantic states. So just bear that in mind, okay? It's all fine and dandy to have blocking, but if you got too much blocking, uh, it, it, it's going to result in some issues. Now, um, just back to this particular storm, Joe. Uh, I just also want to mention my buddy, uh, Brian Climac, Cly uh, who's uh, with uh, Green World Landscaping and Lighting up in the Hudson Valley in Rockland County, was up in Monroe, New York. And he said that that burst that you were talking about at the beginning of the show uh, put down a quick inch uh, and covered roads everywhere. And he, uh, he just pointed out the fact that it says apparently... Uh, people aren't uh, the people up in Rockland County anyway uh, weren't watching the Joe and Joe Weather Show. Otherwise, uh, he wouldn't be he would be he wouldn't be the only salter and uh, plow and sander that was out there on the roads today. So I thank you for the great compliment, Brian. Thank you. My brother, my brother-in-law Richard, who uh, lives in Broadheadsville, Pennsylvania, Monroe County, in the Poconos, uh, told us that he got a quick inch out of that uh, band of snow that uh, is now. I'm looking. From my vantage point here, I still think it's snowing, although it's not snowing. I, I, the, the, the window that I'm looking at is a good 50 or 60 feet away. And, uh, you know, when we started the show, I could plainly see snow falling. Now I'm squinting and I can still see it's snowing, but it's not snowing. The, the flakes are not quite as large and they're not falling with quite the intensity uh, that they were, you know, half an hour ago. So uh, in line with the F-Gen and in line with what we're seeing on the radar, this was a, a narrow band of significant snow, which moved in, through, and is now exiting. Uh, so there you go. It, 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 the classic example of what Mr. Chiappi would refer to as a cheap thrill. For it is, yes. Oh, and speaking of which, by the way, I've put up my snowfall forecast map that I did yesterday. And I, uh, in, uh, uh, in Joe's Facebook post, I noted that 
for uh, that my forecast was lower than his, to which Joe responded that I'm only lower socially. <laughs> so, you know, Joe, I, I pray for you, but I just don't have that kind of time. You know where I got that line from? <laughs> that was a great line, from. by the way. I, 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 it put a big smile on my face. Thank Groucho, you. It was a Groucho Marx line. He was on The Tonight Show, and he was trying to sing a song. Skitch Henderson, who was the band leader before Doc Severinsen, was playing the piano. And, and Groucho kept saying to Skitch, no, no, lower, lower. And then finally, Skitch said, I am going lower. And Groucho said, no, I mean, socially, you're lower. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, he, I, I love, I, I adore movies that have lines like that and, yeah. and, and shows, you know, actors that, that, that can, uh, you know, hit the passive aggressive button on a regular basis. It's really funny. By the way, 81 by, likes. Before you, into, before you get into that, I want to just yeah. salute Bobby Living's, Living's work who gave me a back-of-the-hand compliment and then took it all away. He said, Joe Rayo is correct. There will be a large snowstorm this winter. However, according to Bobby Livingsworth now, and I, I'm going to make a mark on my calendar here, it's going to happen in two weeks and not in February or March, and that is where Mr. Rayo is wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, he's, he's, he's on a roll because he says my snowfall forecast map for this event is too low. I, I, I really don't think it is. Um, I, I, I honestly don't. Um, I, 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 I am. Joe knows how I always look for opportunities for ups for upside surprises, and I know that upper low is sitting out there. I would, you know, if, if I could see some evidence that there would be an upside surprise, I'd be the first one to up my numbers if if uh, if I needed to. But um, no, not this time. I'm just not seeing it. Um, not at the not at the moment anyway so but anyhow it is what it is either way if we're talking it that there's a little bit of upside it's not going to really come that much higher than what i got so uh um, we had i actually had what you have between one and uh, trace and one inch i think i had one to two inches and between your one inch and two inch line i actually went for as high as two to four yeah so you were a little yeah you 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 basically had double that than what i did what i had so um Look, if it's a one to three and it winds up being two to four, that's not the biggest bust in the world, no. <laughs> right? Um, you know, when it's when you when you, when you go for when you go for one to three inches and it's one to three feet, that's a different story. As long as as long as we don't end up with a Gomer pile, where surprise, you know, surprise, 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 Sergeant Carter, Joe, and Joe only went one to three, and look at that. I measured six inches out there, and it's still coming down, Sarge. Yes. <laughs> no, that's a that's a Gomer pile. And believe me, folks, over the last uh, forty some odd years, Joe and I have had more than our fair share of Gomer piles. I'll say, it. especially out by me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, NAO time. The North Atlantic Oscillation uh, is uh, still uh, negative. Uh, it is um, between one and two standard deviations from the mean negative, which is pretty impressive. And except for a couple of members that bring it up toward the neutral line, uh, most members are negative right through January 16th. I would point out though, I would point out that uh, oftentimes when you see steep rises in the NAO from a deeply negative reading uh, to, a, uh, to back to the neutral line, that that's telling you there's a big change in pressure going on someplace, and you need to pay attention to that because that sometimes can be 
a bit of a storm signal. So if you look at where it runs up toward the neutral line, that's around January 15th, 16th. So some people um, mentioning that particular day, uh, that, that, that date window as a possibility for some kind of system somewhere. Doesn't say where it is, doesn't say what it will produce, just that there's some kind of signal, okay? Because uh, it could all be something that goes by to our west. Meanwhile, the Pacific North America Index, the uh, or PNA, which is uh, a, a basic measure of uh, trough at 160, ridge in the western part of the United States, trough in the eastern part of the United States, especially off the south, you know, with with the uh, stronger anomalies off the southeast coast of below normal uh, pressures, uh, looking. Uh, about one standard deviation on average above the mean, positive. So that would be uh, something you could also check in the box for favorable. And then the other thing is that wonderful Arctic oscillation, which is so off-the-wall negative, it's doing all kinds of crazy things. We're talking between Joe four and five standard deviations uh, from the mean negative, and also around the time that the NAO, uh, some of the members of the NAO rush it from um, two standard deviations negative to the neutral line, the AO goes from, uh, some of the members of the AO rush it up five, st uh, uh, five standard deviations negative uh, up close to the neutral line. So that kind of matches up with the NAO doing the same thing. And again, that could be indicative of some kind of signal for around the middle part of this month. I, I agree. In fact, it looks like to me it's going to turn rather, rather cold here for, for a while. Let's say around the eighth, the ninth, the tenth of uh, January, and then uh, in the process of trying to uh, warm up, right around that time that you're signaling, Joe, around the you know the thirteenth, fourteenth, or whatever, that could very well signal either a, a strong push of warm air advection or maybe some kind of a storm development. But yeah, I could I could see some changes and some significant uh, changes in that. Uh, as we get toward the middle of the month as well. I uh, just want to really quick, then I'm going to go back to the GF, uh, the models, uh, I neglected to do this. So we do have winter weather advisories up uh, for central and eastern Pennsylvania, except the southeast and south central. The advisories are they're, uh, either were up earlier and taken down, or uh, they never were up to begin with. Uh, northern New Jersey, uh, the Hudson Valley, the Catskills uh, doesn't go all the way up quite to I-90, uh, Connecticut and into Massachusetts, uh, but not south, not southeastern um, New England at the moment. So just want to point that out, uh, that, uh, that the advisories are kind of in this narrow band now. And you also have various winter storm watches and winter storm warnings up in the west. Also, a lot of high wind um, wind advisories and high wind watches and warnings that are up uh, for the west and northwestern part of the United States as things get uh, continue to be busy out there. So let's look at let's take a look at what the upper air is going to be looking like. We've got enough of the new GFS to go out ten days. Um, and when we were talking about the teleconnections, Joe, um, one thing that we still haven't found uh, a, um, a, a uh, a graphic that shows the East Pacific Oscillation, which, as you know, I have said over and over again that this is the one to pay close attention to because this is the one that's been really kind of preventing cold air from coming in. So I, the, th the uh, important thing is that on the last several runs uh, or more, 
We've seen the models start to change things in the Pacific. And, and by the way, there's a 928 low uh, that's run up into the Gulf of Alaska. I got to see if I can find that on the map. Uh, a 928 millibar low, I think it's among the five strongest ever observed up there. But if you watch what happens here as we go through this week, you start to break down. Remember we were talking, Joe, this long, this huge amorphous lower pressures across the North Pacific. Well, that starts to change. And we actually have ridging up the West Coast into the western part of Canada. Uh, I'm out here now on, you'll see it on the, uh, uh, you'll see it on the picture in a moment. But um, the uh, out at day 10, uh, big ridge off the west coast building straight northward. Uh, and the uh, that, that endless amount of low pressure across the Pacific is, is just about gone. So this is this could be a significant development in the overall pattern realignment that we're, 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 sh we're thinking is going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, you know, the, the big flip, if you will, for, uh, for mid month, as you pointed out just a few minutes ago, Joe, I mean, when you have something like that happen, it's not you, you're not just going to simply see, you know, the same thing over and over again. There, there, there's going to be something that's going to uh, uh, come out of all of this. And uh, it seems to be uh, raising a red flag that something is indeed going to be uh, significant uh, in, in about uh, 10 days or so. And I'm still looking for you as well for a graphic that shows uh, the uh, current situation regarding the uh, EPO. But I don't understand why that, you know, you, everybody says you can find anything on the internet. Yeah, anything but the uh, latest. EPO. Well, yeah, the, the uh, uh, on some of the pay uh, weather sites. Oh, well. Right, you, yeah. you, it's there. Uh, but you know what? I, I, how many different weather sites am I? I subscribe to a couple of them. I do support a, 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 a couple of other weather, you know, weather pages. Uh, and, and so on. Um, but how many am I supposed to, all, you know, have subscribed to? <laughs> it's, it's, I just, I just, I got to eat too. I can't buy subscriptions to every weather website. I just, I just, uh, on Google, I just typed in simply EPO mm -hmm. and I got real excited for about two seconds because I thought I found something. It said EPO home, the official website of the European patent office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. You got to you got to be careful how your word stuff. By the way, I just I, I on that same ge geography that you have up there on the map, you'll I, I, I just drew a big circle. It should be coming up uh, shortly of the 922 millibar low yeah. that is sitting. Um, I can't see the G make the geography. It's actually not quite to the southernmost Aleutian, the, the southwesternmost Aleutian Island there. A 922 low, and then opposite that, on the uh, in, in, more to the east, uh, southeast of the of the uh, northeastern Aleutians, is a 965, a much more reasonable looking low. But you see what I'm saying here? You've got two major, you got two major storms basically covering the entire North Pacific. And this was as of December 31st, by the way. This was going back on New Year's Eve. So uh, that low is actually uh, at the moment. Uh, has filled to, um, if you look at the models on the last analysis, that 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 low is now a 964 low, and it's north of the westernmost Aleutian Islands. And then uh, as we, again, going forward, you start to see those changes that are going to be occurring in the Pacific that are going to be very important to what happens 
in the in the Atlantic. So let's I'll bring up uh, we'll go home now. Let's look at the upper pattern over the U.S. and I'll set that up for us. So I am thinking that the most important part of this, other than what's going on in the Pacific, is going to be this this North Atlantic, the big uh, higher than normal pressures up in the North Atlantic, and how they um, orient themselves next week and beyond. Uh, I think that's going to be the big story as far as what happens weather-wise uh, going forward. To, to me, that's where where it all lies. Yes, I would agree. So we want. So what we're what are we rooting for? We're rooting for blah, blah, blah. we're rooting for a negative East Pacific oscillation. Right, which, which means higher. Up. Right, which means higher pressures in the East and Northeast Pacific, which will open a connection to some some Arctic air to come down from the north. Uh, and you want the NAO, the North Atlantic Oscillation, to also be negative, but you don't want it to be too strongly negative because that means those. That will help Jess Harden get snow in in, uh, in Alabama, okay? Yeah. If it's if the NAO is too negative, of course, if it's not negative enough, then you're going to wind up taking lows that are going to try to go up uh, either inland or go up uh, the west side of the Appalachians, which is what you don't want uh, for snow in the east. But then again, if you're watching from Detroit, that might be something that you would want want to see. But going forward this week, Joe, um, of course, our first storm system for today. And let me just make sure this is centered on the screen because I know a few people were, you know, complaining about not being able to see the dates. And I totally get that and I agree with you. But um, Joe, let me just, Joe let me know the other day when that's a problem. So he's going to continue to let me know when it's a problem. So far, so good. Uh, but Right. So far. So um, let's run through this week, of course. You know, so here's our I got to go back a little bit. So here's our system for today. You see it. Uh, again, that upper low. There's also another short wave that's moving across the south for tomorrow into tomorrow night. And, and and you notice how there's still yet a third short wave that drops down into the western lakes that kind of energizes everything off the east coast, which is why this first system is going to take a long time to get out of here. And then, of course, here comes the one for the end of the week. Rather vigorous upper low. Uh, you see the action going on. To the north, uh, Joe, it's really complicated. This is so much, there's so much on here. When you've got a blocking pattern like we have, it's just, it's too much. You, you, this, you have to look at everything on both sides, up and down, east and west. There is so much going on here. Uh, oh, upper, it's crazy. It's like the, the, it's, you know, we talk about supercomputers, but when you have activity as, as rapid and uh, uh, as what we're looking at in the coming days ahead, it's kind of like trying to juggle. You know, you see those jugglers on the Ed Sullivan show and you see somebody's throwing a few more balls at the juggler and he's doing his best to keep the, all of them up in the air. The, these models, as powerful as they are, even they have a problem in keeping up with what, what's going on uh, in, in such, a, such a pattern as what we're looking at over the next six to 10 or eight to 14 days. So I, I, I'm just, with regards to the system at the end of the week, so, you know, the low that is sitting in um, in central Arkansas, okay, so that's the southern stream system that we're talking about. But I am going to highlight now all the systems that are part of this, uh, that part of this equation, 
and, and why this forecast is so complicated. And by the way, um, I've outlined the lows. I should also point out that we have to um, watch the upper high to the north as well. But there are f basically five systems <clears throat> that are in play here as far as impacting uh, the, the one that we're going to be watching. And that is the one that I'm just going to, you'll see it come up shortly with the biz, big asterisk in front of it. Um, but all of these are going to have uh, impact. The, the system that's off the East Coast, if that doesn't get out of the way, then that low to the South will get suppressed to the South. And I think that's what the European model was showing. On the other hand, if the low off the East Coast gets out of the way a bit faster, uh, then uh, you have this will probably try to make the turn uh, more to the north, which is what the Canadian model and the GFS model had, I believe, last night. Uh, then uh, part of the variable is there's a short wave that's swinging down in northeastern Canada. And then you have those higher than normal pressures north of that. And then there's also another short wave back coming into the Rockies that's basically trying to move everything along. Uh, so it's one after another after another. This is not an easy, this is not going to be easy to figure out uh, even remotely close to what's going to happen uh, at, at, at this early stage. No way. And may I may I come up with, uh, if it's possible, I, and I'm only going to do it for about five or ten seconds because I don't want to get into a copyright problem, but if we could set this whole pattern to music, Joe, Yes. to music, this is the best kind of music that I think best describes what we're looking at during the next, uh, during the next one or two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I got you. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, pretty much it. So let, let's look at let's look at how the GFS resolves all this. I'm just going to surface map up here for the middle part of this week. So we're on to Wednesday night. There is a 10:40 plus high uh, near James Bay. Uh, that will, at the very least, help to funnel down low-level cold air down into the eastern part of the United States. How cold, though, I don't know. The coldest air may wind up staying to the north, but there should be some bleed down here. But again, uh, in, in this particular run, uh, you see the model, uh, the low, the surface low actually tracks down into southern Georgia. Low uh, 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 turn makes the turn on Friday morning to, to near the North Carolina coast. And you have all this bl dark blue snow in western North Carolina and in southwestern Virginia, and it inches it up the low to southern New Jersey. Now, I think the big the problem here is you got cold air uh, that's going to be good for the mid Atlantic states, but I don't know how much cold air you're going to have here in the Northeast because of where the high is and because you you you. you, you in spite of the fact that the surface actually looks pretty healthy, uh, <clears throat> you still need a little bit of cold air to get involved. And we don't have a true Arctic connection yet because the Pacific hasn't really corrected itself. Right. So right. It, it, we're in kind of a, right now it seems like, especially, well, at least at the end of the year, it looked like uh, the uh, the East Pacific oscillation was pretty much in a positive pattern, especially with a right. 920, 928 millibar low near the Aleutians. So what we want is we want to get rid of that, build a ridge and build it up uh, enough so that we can bring down some of that colder air. And that's going to take that. It doesn't happen just like just like that. It's going to take a couple, maybe even uh, three weeks. In my opinion, uh, it, it may take the better part of the month to do so. But I do think that it is that there's a lot. There's a ton of cold air up near the 
you know, northern part of Canada, the polar regions. And you, once you build that ridge up, Joe, enough uh, out in the west, you can actually bring some of that colder air from Siberia out across the pole and down into the United States. And uh, that, that's going to happen. I, I, I can't tell you when. Right. It'd be nice if we had the EPO maps so that we can get a, you know, a hint of what, what, what's to come. But I, it's going to happen somehow or other. It, I think it will. The, um, the thing for the system at the end of next week, I think, is going to really depend on you know, intensity. If you wind up with a, a, a more intense upper feature and a more a stronger surface low, uh, you can. This would be a situation where what I often refer to as do it yourself cold air, where uh, the, uh, the upper features manufacture. Uh, uh, their their own cold air and it, and through dynamic cooling that cold air mixes down to the surface so that I think is something that you'll have to pay attention to uh, we'll be paying attention to because that's a short range question and you don't really know those things until you get close enough but certainly from the standpoint of the models how they handle ha handling everything with respect to the upper pattern uh, this is one where the potential for suppression is there uh, and it, it's it's how far north are you going to be able to take it. Uh, we'll, we'll, every model is going to have a different view of handling all the players here. Now, once that goes out, let's look and see if the model, what's going on with respect to around the 15th, because as we just illustrated with the, those teleconnections, Mr. Rayo, that uh, that's where we have this sort of mega uh, rise in the Arctic oscillation and, and NAO, and that could be some kind of a storm signal of some sort. Uh, but I'm, I'm just kind of punching the upper air here. We're at the ninth, and I'm rolling till around the 11th or 12th. Certainly, there is uh, something coming out of the Rockies and Plains uh, and around the 13th, 14th, and 15th. So it could be uh, what's going on here uh, in the longer term. Uh, there is something for the middle of the month. Uh, I don't know what it showed on the surface, but there is something there. So that at least says that we have to pay attention. For, yes. for, for mid month, yes. So yes. so playing it out on the surface, just just to run, I'm just going to run through the GFS really quick because because uh, uh, since I showed the upper air, just to see how it played out because I'm kind of curious myself. And when you know we do the Sunday morning show now, it's great because we've got the model coming out while the show is on, so we can um, all look at it together for the first time. So, I see, uh, but since you mentioned that. I want to mention, especially to uh, Mr. Briller, Mr. Briller has always supplied uh, a fair complement of uh, Briller Jeopardy questions, which he, he requested uh, that uh, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Rayo would uh, do today. However, because of the snow and because of the fact that we have such an interesting pattern ahead of us, uh, and Mrs. Rayo agrees with me, uh, we're going to hold off on uh, those questions until either tomorrow or sometime early this week. So, Scott, we didn't forget. We've got the questions in hand. We just feel that uh, today it might be better just to go full full hog with weather as opposed to uh, going with uh, the uh, first uh, cooking segment of Briller Chapel right. in 2021, Joe. Uh, by the way, I'm just looking here at the long range, Joe. Uh, here's your, you know, here's your cold shot around the 15th. Uh, you've got 492 thicknesses into northern Minnesota, and by the way, if this is correct, uh, you've got a 951 low, a 958 low in New Brunswick that comes out of it. So uh, it does show some kind of low and Arctic front going by around the 15th, 
and a fair amount of cold air coming down out of Canada. Now, how much of that drives into the east remains to be seen, but um, that storm signal might be this uh, this this system here. Now, this is what it looks like now. We don't know what it's going to look like because uh, obviously at 282, 288 hours, this is going to be different in, in subsequent runs. But I'm just saying in terms of the signals that the teleconnections are giving, uh, this is probably uh, why you know, when you see that big rise in the AO going to neutral and the A and, and then and then crashing negative again, uh, it's because of that's the storm that comes out of it. That's how the how, that's how this model run handles that storm signal. And the interesting thing, Joe, if you back up on the uh, on the map to let's say zero Z Saturday, January sixteenth. Or 12Z Friday. Uh, yes, I got 12Z 12Z Friday here. I mean, you look <laughs> at that storm that's hitting around Seattle, and at first glance you say, "My goodness, that's such an intense storm," and it really isn't. It's only around a what a ten thousand two. Yeah, but the reason why it looks so intense and the, why the gradient is so tight is it's trying to buck into that incredibly high high pressure zone coming down out of the Yukon, and that's why all of the uh, isobars are squeezed together, so to speak. So it's a, it's it's a very significant pressure gradient, but it's happening with not so so large a, or intense a storm, and then that storm kind of ripples down slope of the Rockies and starts redeveloping just right. as we get to the 384 hour prog somewhere over uh, over Colorado and North Texas, and so the question is where is that thing going to go and where what how's it going to end up relative to that cold air mass that's spilling into the uh, into the plain state? So that's that's the questions that are going to abound for. Again, the middle part of this month. By the way, I, I, just to show you also, again, how important that Pacific is, uh, the that EPO, just take a look at, I'm going to roll this back to what we have at the moment uh, in terms of the pressure pattern across uh, Canada uh, and uh, where there's colder air, but it's not that real Arctic air that <clears throat> is sort of locked away in Siberia for now. But as the, the, the overall pattern changes across the Pacific, you suddenly start to see uh, colder air and higher pressures build across Canada and begin to infiltrate into the United States. And in fact, here on, on the just on the 300 hour, uh, the difference is enormous because you've got, you know, there's a, there's one high. Uh, there's one high that is now pushed down out of Canada here, and yet there's another one that's way up with you know that really Arctic air that's trying to make the push down uh, later in the forecast period. So that's the that's why the EPO is so important because uh, it favors uh, higher uh, the norm uh, uh, lower than normal pressures. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, higher than normal pressures in the East Pacific and up into Western Canada, which drives that connection. That you look for that uh, that um, uh, the 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 cross polar flow that you look for to start to, to bring down uh, the uh, the true the true cold air the true Arctic air not just the Canadian polar air which is cold but uh, the the Arctic stuff um, uh, this this opens a door for it to happen and I think and and the model the models have been been on this this pace now for about five or six days. I got a little nervous on Friday when we saw it come sort of flip or Saturday, whatever it was on Friday, where it, it sort of flipped back to having a horrible looking Pacific. But, you know, looking at this now on the long range and on the upper air, uh, it's it's 
it's going to be an interesting sec. It's going to be an interesting run uh, from um, certainly from mid uh, over the next few weeks as we set the table and going into uh, the latter part of January and into February. That uh, that upper air for uh, Sunday, January seventeenth. You can see the beginnings of of a ridge of high pressure, and it looks like now all all we need to do is just uh, inflate that ridge a bit more, and uh, there you go. Then you've got that that ridge, and then you've got that negative uh, Pacific oscillation, and then and, and, and away we go with the cold cold air flowing on down into our neck of the woods. Yeah, it's a kind of a split flow here in in a way because you've got uh, one jet that runs down the west into the into the Rockies and then goes east across the mid-Atlantic states, but you have another uh, jet that runs uh, a little further to the east, kind of makes a right turn over Hudson Bay and then drops southeastward into New England. So this is a cold this is a cold look, and it's a complex look because of the fact that you've got a split flow, which you know is always uh, uh, something to pay attention to. Whenever you have the split flow going on, uh, that is uh, always uh, important to pay attention to that because uh, split flows can be uh, can be very dangerous uh, in a number of different ways, uh, be it uh, storm-wise or otherwise. I should point out, Joe, that we have once again done it. We've gone over 100 likes. We have done at least on my screen, 119 likes and uh, 222 people watching now, which ain't bad considering that it's a Sunday morning show that started streaming a mere one hour ago. And we've still got all these people here. Yep, that that it is. So we're back up full screen. And I'm trying to think if there was anything else I needed to uh, bring up in conversation today. Um, and um, no, we have football today, don't we? The Dallas Cowboys are going to be playing the uh, the Giants, and the Giants have uh, a possible playoff spot. I think they have to beat Dallas, and I think a couple of other things have to happen. But uh, the main thing is at least they have to beat da- Dallas. If they don't beat Dallas, it doesn't matter what else happens uh, in the league. And this, this shows you the kind of year it was, Joe, because the Giants will end up if they do end up with the playoffs, they'll end up with a with a losing record. I would love to see the Giants go all the way through. Yes, <laughs> no, I would too. Certainly, is it having lost more than they won? No, I know that would be hilarious, and I agree with you. Uh, Noah Harley wants to know why all of the other stations, uh, all of the stations (parentheses Weather Channel) forecasting a blowtorch for the winter. So, Noah, let me just point something out um, to you uh, on this channel. Uh, it, we 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 strongly urge folks to not go forecast shopping. Okay, <laughs> forecast shopping is, um, you know, let, let's say uh, you're looking for uh, a certain item, and you go to Macy's and you get a price, and then you go to Target and you get another price, and then you go to Walmart and you get another price, and you're so busy getting prices that um, you forget about the if you you forget it you forget to look at the item and just darn well buy it, okay. So we really don't advise uh, folks whether folks to forecast shop and, f- and quite frankly, uh, Joe and I don't care uh, what other people say. All right, we just don't. Um, we we're, we're arrogant. We're self-centered. We're um, just not you know narcissistic. <laughs> You talk about blowtorch weather. I just put on the chat board. Those of you who want to lift that uh, that URL and then paste it onto your uh, browser. You want to talk about blowtorch weather? This is the uh, CPC, the Climate Prediction Center outlook 
the three to four week outlook for the second half of January. And if that's not a blowtorch forecast, and that's probably what the Weather Channel forecasters are looking at. They're just saying, all right, well, that's what the experts are saying, long range. And uh, they're saying it's going to be, you know, forever cold, uh, forever warm throughout most of the contiguous United States. But again, from what we're looking at, it doesn't appear that way. Uh, it appears that we're going to be seeing a flip toward colder weather during that right. time frame. And we'll see how this all pans out. Right. And, you know, CPC might be on vacation for still from New Year's. They will probably be getting back to normal for Monday. I mean, I don't know how they work there. Uh, I, I remember, uh, I don't know if that's still the case, but uh, I remember years ago, Joe, when the Canadian model crashed um, uh, about a, a, a day or two before Christmas. And we didn't get it back until like late January because uh, this, the uh, Canadian weather office is, was closed for like a month for vacation. I don't, I, I'm thinking that they probably don't do that anymore, but um, who knows? Uh, they, um, sometimes they, they're probably on short staff. So maybe they just decided to roll the tape on the last forecast. But bottom line is uh, just going back to uh, Mr. Haley's question. I don't, I, you know, I, you know, we, we're, we're sarcastic, or at least I am. Uh, we, we try to have fun. This is what this, what this channel is about. It's about having fun. And as far as what other people are doing or saying, that is something that I never do. I do not pay attention to what other people are saying or doing, or certainly uh, if it does come to my attention, I certainly don't make it part of my, my mindset or my forecasting um uh, my, 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 my forecasting approach. And I would think that Mr. Rayo would say the same thing. Yeah. I don't give a damn what anybody says. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you, you said in seven yeah, I words, what I, I mentioned this story before, but when I was in, when I was in radio back in the eighties, I used to do a station in Providence, Rhode Island, WHJJ, the news director, there was John Carpilio. And whenever there was a major winter storm ahead, uh, he would allow me first to tape or record my forecast for air on their station. And then after I finished, he would say, well, I just wanna tell you that uh, Copeland says, Copeland was, uh, was a TV weather guy in Boston. And he would say something that was contrary to what I was saying. And I used to tell John, I said, I don't give a blankety blank what, what Copeland said, Bob Copeland says, I'm saying what I'm saying and that's, that's final. I, and, yeah. and I don't like to listen, I don't wanna hear what anybody says before I'll listen to what they say after I've done what I want to say, or after I've figured out for myself, then I'll hear what they're saying. And then I'll say, Oh, really? Is that what they're going for? I don't want to be biased. And I mean, yeah, you, you and I don't even talk to each other during the daytime. So when we put out forecasts with snow forecast maps, I don't talk to Joe and Joe doesn't talk to me. And, you know, we look at, it's always a surprise, especially when we wind up being close to, to, to the same. I mean, that that's 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 usually um, that certainly boasts confidence, but yeah, we don't you don't we don't look we don't watch don't we about, don't care. I don't know about you, Joe, but that, and this is not the case now. But back when we were uh, up and coming, <laughs> back in the seventies and eighties, if I did a forecast and then I looked at what the weather service was calling for, if the weather service forecast was similar to mine, I it made it was it was like it gave me. Pause, so to speak. I would change it. I would immediately really? change mine. Really? What, what what is going on here? Why am I? Why are you know? Well, no, that's part of the cynic in me. But but it's different. But but remember, back in back in those days, back in those days, as they were sitting in that building in 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 Rockefeller Center in Midtown Manhattan, and 
they really did not have they certainly didn't have the weather network that they have now in terms of the information and the temperatures available they had we were the first ones out on long island to recognize the fact that that you know what what you're forecasting out here doesn't make any sense oh it doesn't work and particularly as we went through that period in the in the in the 80s the late 80s and the 90s I'll never forget that one in December of 80, was it 89? I think it was 89, December of 89. It was was a foot and a half of snow in a 20 mile band. And and there was nothing, I mean, not even a drop of rain anywhere else. It was just this this inverted trough that set up right across central Long Island and buried me. If I went 10 miles to my east, it was raining. If if I went 20 miles to my west, there wasn't anything at all. It was one of the craziest things I had ever seen. And I remember having having a difficult time convincing people that we actually had that happen. And it, and, and, and I, I even remember ten ten winds barely gave it a mention. The next day in the news, oh, there was we receiving word that there was a little bit of snow in Central Long Island. And like a little bit, it was like a foot and a half. You and Don Thompson. Yes. Don Thompson was like uh, was was screaming uh, even longer, I think, than what you were doing. But you know what changed everything? But two things changed everything. Number one, News 12 Long Island, which made, which demonstrated that they, yes, there are people who live uh, on Long Island farther east than exit 49 on the expressway. And number two, when the weather service actually moved physically from Rockefeller Center out to Upton or Brookhaven, and they saw for themselves what you and Don Thompson and so many other Long Islanders were yelling for years. And they always used to say that, that the funniest part was they would say warmer temperatures near the coast. And, and, and meanwhile, we know that uh, doesn't work like that way. It doesn't work that way. Indeed, the, 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 the Pine Barrens out in eastern Long Island could be some of the coldest places in the northeast. It was. Uh, and, and now, of course, that the Weather Service is out here, <clears throat> they, they, you know, they, they found out, um, you know, they're, they're actually the office is only about 15 miles east of me. Uh, they they learned pretty quick that the world out here that this is a very interesting the forecasts for Long Island now are are from the Weather Service uh, are, are are actually quite good um, they 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 know what's happening here right. uh, so so yeah they've learned and again now have now that the network of I mean Joe remember you and I if if you had a if you had a weather ops the airport ops are all we had and and. You know, it could be 20 or 30 miles in between airport stations. So uh, unless we were told by people who would call in on the phone, we really didn't have any idea what was happening. And that's all changed now. I mean, there is uh, literally thousands of of weather stations that uh, people have in their homes that are part of networks that are hooked together, that are that are plotted and, and, and uh, we can look at. And it's very hard for things to fall through the cracks these days. So uh, it, it's um, it, it, the internet changed everything. I mean, the internet absolutely changed everything. You know, it, 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 I think it's made for a, a better forecasting experience overall, and a better weather experience overall for it, most people. It it may be, but um, in fact, you could probably see it behind me here. I have a whole bunch of radios. The one way off in the corner is a uh, is a multi band radio that had. Long wave. You've heard of short wave. That radio has long wave. And back when I got that, that that radio dates back to the late 70s. I used to sit by that radio in the late 70s and listen to Newark Elmira terminal forecast that yeah. came in on the long wave band. 
And that's all you had back then. If you didn't have access to tele teletype uh, or, or facsimile information, I'd be sitting there at two o'clock in the morning listening on long wave to the observations that were coming out on Newark Elmira radio. I mean, I, it's, it's been ages since I even turned that radio on, but it just goes to show you how things have advanced from 40 years ago to where we are now when a 12 year old kid can go online like that and take a look at some of the stuff that we used to salivate over. <laughs> I know, I know. As you if you only knew. Day, as we... you alluded to the other day, getting, getting, going on a bus, traveling over the Whitestone Bridge. I had to change three, two bus, was it three buses or two buses to get to, I... to get to you so I could look at a map. Right, we used to have a, our, our weather <laughs> office. We had two weather offices. The first one was on Main, was off of Main Street in Flushing, and then we moved over to a different uh, spot in Linden Hill section of Flushing or whatever. But I mean, and I did the same thing you did. I'd be off duty on a weekend, knowing that there's something coming. Let's say on Tuesday or Wednesday, I I'd, I'd go out of my way just to go and take a look at the maps and look at the teletype information. We had none of that at at our disposal in our homes. Now you can sit back and. I still remember, I think it was, I don't know what year it was, but you had gotten your first, uh, you'd gotten like a primitive PC or whatever. And you told me, I said, now you can get the foos at home. I said, you can get the foos at home? <laughs> I remember, yeah. You actually see that? And he gave me the instructions. He said, he said so blah, 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 blah. And then just foos, <laughs> foos away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. It was just a, it, it, it's hilarious, and, isn't it? And was it more fun back then? Just, it was, I think it was part of the hunt, so to speak. Yeah, no, no, no. And, 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 and yeah, certainly when you go from having nothing to having something, it's a big deal. So, you know, these youngins today, you know, they have every they have everything handed in front of them. The foos, the 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 uh, the moss, the 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 uh, the the uh, the plumes, the plumes uh, and all the rest of it. They don't know what it was like to have to struggle to get a piece of guidance. <laughs> and upstairs, I mean, we my really the, did the, the executive, the executive producer here, my, my wife. We worked at a weather office, the same one that you used to occasionally visit. I mean, like, and, and here I am, I'm, I'm laboring away doing a, doing a sectional off of the teletype. And meanwhile, she had these large plastic maps with like a grid on it. And she was checking off the, 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 the radar reports, levels one, two, three, four, five. And I, this, these were the old days with a grease pencil and with a, with a, with a Sharpie or whatever. And like, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> No, but that's, how you, that's how you learn. That's how that rammed into your head or whatever. You, you know, unbelievable. No, it, 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 it's, um, it's, we, we actually uh, did the equivalent of walking to school in 10, in, in, in 10 feet of snow, um, both hop uphill, both, both ways with no shoes on. We, we, that's basically the conversation that you and I just had. Now, <laughs> and Joe, now don't we sound, you and I, reminiscing about the quote good old days from all those years ago now all of a sudden we sound like tom morgan gunther reese oh yeah no i know <laughs> exactly those, those are former those are right those are former weather service forecasters who are no longer with us tom um, tom, tom grant tom, tom grant, grant i think is still with us yes i think he's still lurking about if yes. you watch if you're watching this show tom we love you okay <laughs> 
I know, you know I love you and Joe loves you. Uh, you're 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 a uh, you a great you're a great guy, and uh, I certainly learned a lot from Tom. Tom was fun to be around. Isn't it scary here to think that thirty or forty years from now there's somebody or some people out there will say, "Hey, you remember Joe and Joe? Remember those two guys?" Yes. <laughs> Whatever Ex- happened to them? Exactly. <laughs> but those listen. The onion gets peeled continuously, so yes. every every year another peel off comes off the onion until you get to the bottom, uh, exactly. and uh, so we got to enjoy we got to enjoy what we got and when we got it. By the way, on that note, let me just I just want to say something slightly personal, um, and that is uh, just just uh, bear in mind because uh, I, I think we're at the point now where everybody kind of knows somebody that's either has COVID or is going through COVID or has family members going through COVID. So just bear that in mind over the coming days and weeks. Um, you know, tra- travel, do do what you got to do, do it safely. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not trying to get political here, but um, if you want to read between the lines, you can read between the lines. I can't stop you, but just want to say, um, just want to say from that note, uh, take it, you know, be safe. Okay. Everybody be safe. That's, that's all I want to say. And Izzy D just hit super chat. Thanks, Izzy. Joe, Joe and I appreciate it greatly. Um, so that pretty much wraps it up for me. I don't have much else to talk about today. Based on what you just said, I'll just quote the the legendary New York Met announcer, Bob Murphy, who used to say uh, uh, when you were waiting outside to come into Shea Stadium or whatever, uh, we want you safe. So we want you back. That's, that's correct. And, and uh, on that note, uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. Uh, we got our 100 likes, which we are always happy to have, and a nice crowd for a Sunday morning on a long holiday weekend. Uh, also great to have. Thanks for everybody on the chat board. Uh, welcome again to all the new folks that are on. Uh, appreciate you, it greatly. Is he did just get uh, super chat? Yes, he did. Um, yeah. yeah, no, no, I, I, I mentioned that. Oh, okay. But okay to mention it again. Um, and uh, also Mike, Mike uh, Whitley and uh, Scott Briller hitting Super Chat earlier today. Thank you both uh, very much. We appreciate your support. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's pretty much it. So tomorrow night, you and I back at our usual weekday time, 730 Eastern. We will be here. And uh, just uh, as a uh, uh, one, one other thing, uh, we just also want to say... Let's, let's just do really quick. I'll give you a quick last check of this radar uh, where the first area is now moving through uh, central and eastern Connecticut. And it's gone through here, but I can't, I don't think I got anything out of it other than some raindrops. And then you can see the second area that's blossoming out in western Pennsylvania. We'll have to see uh, whether that holds or not. That is going to be key to uh, whatever uh, we get uh, late this afternoon and into uh, tonight. So uh, still a little bit more to go. But again, I'm, as I said earlier, I'm not that impressed. And the Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware, Long Island's largest rock salt provider and a provider of everything you need when it comes to uh, getting stuff you need to get to winter storm cleanups. 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, just north of the Southern State Parkway, 631-756-1125. Uh, OmniTrueValue.com is the website, and they service not just Long Island, but uh, pretty much uh, all of the uh, the New York uh, tri-state area. So bear that in mind, folks. Um, give them a call if you need stuff to help you clean up uh, from winter storms. 
Mr. Rayo, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll be here. Bye, everybody. Have a great Sunday afternoon.